Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Man, it's, it's sad because uh, the offseason is pretty much over, y'all. What you see is what you get. And we about to go into a season, man. Derek, how you feeling today? I'm just excited for the season, man. That's something that I look forward to every day. And it seems like every day it just get a little bit closer, a little bit closer. You got to watch a little highlights to just feed that little craving. But uh, I'm ready. Rank, rank your excitement for your three teams. Like, which teams are you more excited for and which teams at the bottom? Can I answer for them to guess? I want to yeah. say the Trailblazers are the highest. Then he's going to say the Bulls. Then he's going to say the Spurs. And that's just my guess, D-Mills. Let's see how it falls right off. It is. I mean, I'm not super excited for the Spurs. They cool. They they look they're the exact same. It's not really much change in the roster. So right. it's not really much to be excited about. Because when they it. were playing decent, they were still out of the playoffs. So not much to be excited about there. No, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, Mike, how about you? Feeling good. Last night was one of them nights where like you went to bed like I went to bed early, woke up in the middle of the night. I cannot go back to bed. So I was just up. Mm finally got back to sleep and then you wake up and it's almost time to like you know do what you got to do so it was one of them nights but i'm feeling good like email said ready for the season a lot of exciting stuff going on but you was on madden all night because you was on madden when we was on no i think i literally just like logged on real quick at like 11 or something because they got like all the black friday deals going on so like every couple hours they have like a new promotion go up so i just check to see like what's on there mm. but uh no i wasn't really on the game like after i think around eight i think i got off early yeah and P, what about you? It's chilling. Uh, I'm waiting on the season for sure, but college basketball is back, so that's what I've been on uh, hardcore the last few days, um, feeding that that desire and mm. want for basketball. But, yeah, uh, just chilling watching college basketball. My Knicks signed Michael Kidd Gilchrist this morning. Um, I guess, you know. <laughs> I mean, y'all got a defender. Y'all got a greedy defender on your team. I can't wait to see that line up uh... – Imagine Frank, him and Frank Nealakina. Frank Nealakina. Uh, Frank Nealakina, RJ, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Obi, and Julius Randle on the court together. Nah, that one ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they said Tom Thibodeau love defense, so let's just go get it for him. And, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect thing. Just kind of throw your hands up and just move on with it. But, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the past couple of days ain't really been much going on in free agency, but some things did happen between our last episode and now, so let's get into some of the bigger news of the week. Um, the first one being Bam Adebayo got that max extension. One of the one of the other people to get it. Um, five years, $163 million extension. It surprised some people because that's cutting into that Giannis money for 2021. Um, but, but it happened. Bam Adebayo had one of the like coolest and... I wouldn't say out of nowhere because if you watched him last year, you knew that he had this type of potential. Um, but to see it happen in just one season where he goes from, you know, backing up Hassan Whiteside to being an all-NBA player, all-star, and being a part of a team that went on to a championship run is is, is really significant. So he deserves every penny of that. Yeah, if I'm the Heat, I think it's worth the gamble because you can't afford to not give him that extension then he walks for nothing. And then you still don't get Giannis. So you kind of just have to take that, give him that extension. And just roll with it because he's worth it. He's worth the max. Some team was going to give him that money anyway. So you might as well do it in order to try to keep him. I think it's just what you got to do. He fits their culture perfectly, I think. And the way he kind of raised himself up to the top to now, he's one of their best players and leaders. I think he's definitely in the money at this point. 
No, I agree. I think you got to take care of the people that you already have. Um, Giannis is a cool desire that you could want and, and fantasize with, but you got to take care of what you already have because Giannis isn't a given, right? And um, that's just, to me, you know, I no disrespect to Giannis, but for the team that they have, I think that there's other pieces that make more sense than Giannis um, just because it's, it's hard to picture him on the floor with Jimmy and Bam. Uh, with spacing and all the issues that comes with Giannis being on the floor. You know what I mean? I think they should probably put, put the eyes set to um, somebody that's more of a fit. You know what I mean? But uh, I understand Giannis is a guy that you have to try to get. You have to try to, mm-hmm. um, you know, make your team as good as you can. But, yeah, I agree with, with, with Derek and Mike. I think it was a move that you had to do because if you didn't, it would have been a little foolish to lose him by fantasizing about somebody that's way over there. So, and so, he deserves it, like you said. He yeah. he one of the nicest come ups. I mean, uh, his trans his transcendence this year has been kind of crazy. So he deserves it. And some people have pointed out that Bam Adebayo and Giannis have the same agent. So if Bam signing an extension for this amount of money, cutting into that Giannis money, may signify that Giannis is about to sign that supermax sometime in the next week or so. We we will see. Um, what what do y'all think? I know have we really even talked about Giannis's? super max potential i don't think it's something that's come up on the show but like individually if you're Giannis, would you feel comfortable signing a super max contract this offseason given all the moves that they've made as a team this offseason no um i just don't think it's smart even if i was comfortable with it because you don't want them to get comfortable you still want them to feel like they have to do whatever it takes and you know some of the reports i i heard was you know they they were on that that path to getting him to feel that way. But the Bogdan Bogdanovich miss was a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that changes everything. Drew Holiday was nice, but I think getting Bogdan, it put them at a different level. And the fact that they didn't, uh, they still went out and got some good pieces. You know, Brent Forbes. I feel like they added somebody. Uh, Bobby they, they had a lot of changes. I'm about to look it up. And, and I want to talk about them and see if y'all think that they got better or did a lot of their moves end up lateral because I saw a lot of that conversation on Twitter the other day. Uh, Mike, if you were Giannis, would you feel comfortable signing that Supermax right now? Honestly, no. Honestly, no. And this is my reason why. Um, just because the way the Bucks are going about it, I, I don't know how how far they're just going to go. Like with the talent, when they say that, it, it kind of worries me when they say that Bog, that that Bogdanovich, like he was the focal point. Like he was one of the main reasons why they feel like, you know, once they left, they, lo- they let him go. They felt like they weren't confident that Giannis was going to be all the way in and, and do all this type of stuff. So that for me, I think Giannis has the ability where he has a pool. He could be like, I want a you know, a one plus one year deal or something like that. I think that in the back of his mind, he knows that, you know, the Bucks probably need him a lot more than, you know, he needs them, right? It's going to be every team knocking on his door, trying to give him that max, and it's going to be, be willing to put the piece around him. If the Bucks can't do it in the shortcoming years, then it's just no point to stay. I like the one plus one deal. Yeah. If I'm him, I'm applying pressure. Uh, I'm not signing that extension this offseason. I'm putting the pressure on the front office to try to make me want to be here. Um they tried to do it with Drew Holiday. I mean, you just got to see the success of this team. This team could still go to the playoffs and flop. It's still a possibility that that happens. So if I'm him, I'm waiting, I'm holding it out, and I'm going to see what happens. So you they know, did. I'll go ahead, P. One more thing to add to this, because we all kind of said the same thing, but I think we all failed to mention too, though, is that it's a pro and a con to applying that pressure. 
uh, that we all basically just mentioned that you just said the males. And the thing is, when you look at the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation, I don't believe he makes that much more money in Atlanta than he would have in Milwaukee. Ain't like he got some bag that wasn't there. But I probably would assure you that part of the reason of not going to Milwaukee is the fact that Giannis isn't there. Like there's a that he can leave. So yeah. it's like you can apply pressure Giannis and want them to make these moves, but also getting people is going to be a little bit harder because let's face it, I, I can't fully want to go to Milwaukee if Giannis will be good. That changes the whole right. the whole scenario. If yeah. I'm Bogdanovich, I want to sign this four-year deal. But then the last three years of the deal, Giannis probably won't even be there. It's tough versus the Hawks. I know the Hawks is about to have John Collins, Trey Young, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter for the next four years. I know that, that this is a solidified unit versus I can go here with this guy, get a taste of the playoffs, make a run. We fall short. He gone. Now, shit, we struggling to make the playoffs. Right. So so they. this is a, a team that made so many moves this offseason. Uh, seven players from their last year roster are no longer with the team, but these are the new players. So they got Drew Holiday. What's up? We should try to guess them. Go ahead, go ahead. Guess the players that were on the Bucks last year that Tell won't be this year. Mike, uh, DJ Augustine, Brent Forbes, Brent Forbes, mm-hmm. Bobby Portis. Yep. They drafted Jordan Noir. Mm-hmm. Sam Morrell. Yeah. Um. That's it. That, that's we got them all. Yeah. Did you say Drew Holiday? I'm guessing you already said Drew Holiday. Was, uh, I thought you said eight. You said seven. Seven you players are gone. gone. Oh, okay. And those players are uh, Eric Bledsoe, uh, uh, George Hill, Wes Matthews, Cal Corver, Robin Lopez, Ursan Ilyasova, and Sterling Brown. Y'all are the Bucks at the best um, bench. What was that? DJ Wilson? Um, maybe, but on this current list, he, he's still there. Okay. Um, so y'all know they had the best bench in the league last year, and a lot of that, that bench mob is gone, but they did bring in the guys that y'all just mentioned. So the big acquisition, of course, Drew Holiday fits with the team a little bit better than what Eric Bledsoe would have. And I think that the that the Bogdanovich get would have been super, super big for this team. Um, but after that, their team's just not as they're not as deep this going into this year as last year. I mean, they may have raised their ceiling, but they may have lowered their floor as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a little give and take there. But this is maybe, hopefully puts the pressure on Coach Bud to actually play Giannis 40 minutes a game in the playoffs because who's that backup now? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, it could that put some pressure on Bud. That depth didn't help them in the playoffs. Exactly. We saw that bench flop completely. They was pretty much non-existent. And that's like a question I always have. Like when it comes to like winning basketball, championship basketball, when the playoffs come around, usually depth is cut, right? So like the player that was getting minutes as a ninth and 10th man on the roster usually doesn't get that in the playoffs. And, like, this year, the Lakers, they weren't running super deep. You know, as far as, like, overall, like, great, great talent. The end of the rotation, guys, was just kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah. I think about you saying that, I think I don't want to I don't want to go too far, but I think depth can be a little overrated. Um, and I think the floor can be a little overrated, right? Like, maybe that's a good thing for the Bucks. Like, they don't need to win. They don't need to win 60 games. We, we, we've seen that before. You know what I mean? The whole – 55 60 win thing that's like if they win 49 games that's no problem people in the media will probably talk like oh uh, but who cares because you're just striving for the playoffs they shouldn't their their mindset should be like golden state after they won the 73 games we're not here to chase anything about the regular season we just want to get to the playoffs 
and get to where we need to go. Um, but the depth, yeah, like you said, the depth, why does it matter? You're going to play Giannis 40 minutes anyway. You're going to play Drew Holiday and, and Chris Middleton in those minutes, and you're going to probably play Brooke Lopez. Uh, you probably want to switch out the other wing player. DiVincenzo gets some minutes here. Augustine will probably slide in there. But other than that, what championship team? Yeah, that's just that's like my my hawk concern. We've never seen an eleven to twelve man rotation. So yeah. I mean, it's just like you're good if you have that strong, solid starting five and a couple of guys off the bench. In my opinion, yeah, I think when I think there's also comes the the play and just like the right rotation. It doesn't always have to be like the deepest, the best players off your bench. But I think when you can play like different types of basketball when you need to, like the chess type of basketball we we talk about when the Lakers had the ability to go out small or go out big. I think just having that for the playoffs is probably the most important because it, you know, as good as the Bucks are, they're they're gonna run through the regular season, you know, and you know, they, they could be one of them teams that for order them to win, it has to be just like everything has to line up, right? Because there's all there's a, there's multiple teams out there that we look at and be like, you know what? They got the personnel to build that wall, you know, and, you know, the Bucs aren't going to shoot 40% from deep, you know, every damn playoff series or something like that. They're going to have a time where they're going to have to get that hump over. And it's either going to have to be Giannis is the one taking them over that hump, or it's going to be, it's going to be the team around him is just so built, so well fit that it's, you know, going to get them over that. I think that that's why Giannis should be looking at these playoffs so in depth because there's another team out there. I think it's the same thing where they're going to have to get over that hump to really make the decision. But it's just the playoffs is so different. Which team? I think Philly has the same problem. Where like, regard well, we we can get into that later. But just Philly has the same problem. You know, um, we haven't seen them get past the issue still of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the court and Ben Simmons can't shoot. You know, regardless of how far they go, if to win a championship, something is going to either have to get better or they're going to have to either be so damn good that it's going to have to erase that problem for them. I agree. I think we've never seen them have the perfect team built around them either. I think right. the Bucks, we've seen them like over the past few years have this team that's that's why they're number one in the East. That's why they're a favorite to win. That's why he's an MVP is because the team was perfectly constructed to compete. Mm-hmm. Philly has always been like in that four, three, four. It's like, oh, are they there? But the Bucks have all have had a few moments on paper and throughout the regular season when it looked like they were the clear cut favorite. We still haven't seen that from Philly. And I do agree. They need to do get over that hump. Mm-hmm. But I think the hump is a little different just because they haven't even hit that level where we looked at them and said they're the best team. Yeah. And, and Philly also has a much better constructed roster for them this year. So I think this year you'll actually get to see where they really get over that hump. True. Yeah, I think so. And they have better coaching staff too. I don't like that old coaching staff was pretty eh. My the guys are younger too. Like they, they're not facing the, the Giannis dil- dilemma of one of them walking this offseason. So yeah. You know, they'll have them for a while unless they trade one. I had made a video about this yesterday about Philly, where I feel like uh Daryl Moore is not crazy enough to come into the front office and make like such dramatic trades like trading Joel or trading Ben Simmons the first month on the job that he's probably gonna give it a year and then make that decision if it doesn't work out. Because I know Daryl Moore he loves to make some trades. So um, I, I think this this could be potentially the last year we see these two play together. Uh, Daryl Morey has done a good like retooling on the fly, where like they have Seth Curry, which makes sense, and then they they brought in Danny Green, which makes sense, and even like um, the drafting has been pretty good, and they have a pretty solid bench at this. I, I guess their depth is like the biggest question, right? I think you got Matisse Thybulle, you have Mike Scott, like the ben, the, the bench is kind of iffy, um, but Dwight Howard. 
uh, he's done a good retooling on the fly, and maybe this might be the last year that we see these two players together. And it may not even live the whole season. If if a disgruntled superstar is out there, Daryl Morey wouldn't be afraid to hop on top of that and giving up one of his players. Mm-hmm. I would give this two more years, depending on the situation. Um, if they lose dramatically in the first, like in the first round of some shit, or there's some tension, or like you said, a disgruntled star to go get like James Harden, um, then of course he's going to probably pick up the phone. But I think that Al Horford contract allows them to assess this year with this team and the shooting, this proper structure, and then go into free agency next year and try to put where their weaknesses are. I don't think you ever realistically were going to be able to do that with that Al Horford's deal. But mm-hmm. now since it's Danny Green, so it'll be off the books. You know what I mean? Um, you'll have a little – a won't be a lot. They're not going to add Giannis, but they'll have some wiggle room to get better. And I think that's all contending teams or teams that are that close need. Okay, we lost um, in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, but it was because of this. Oh, this guy out there fits that, so let's go get him. I think they can do that without having Horford off the book. So we'll see. Um, Milwaukee, though, I think they did get better. I think that was your initial question. Yeah. I think they did get better. Uh, I think Drew Holiday for Bledsoe just makes them better, in my opinion. Um, but how much better did they get? I think it's, I think it's, I think it's to be seen. Um, but I definitely do think they did get better. Yeah. I think it's around the same, too. Adding Drew Holiday was just a big W for them because they have a dude that can, you know, they can probably lock up opposing guards, at least try his, hard, his best, and then also give him some points on the other end. But I think this team is kind of similar. I think some of the, the minuses that they take away, um, kind of like balances out the additions, but this team's going to fly through the regular season. I think it all comes down to the playoffs, you know, regardless of where Giannis is like, like I said, there's several teams I can see, like they're just going to picture, they're going to put up that wall, you know, and if it ends the same way, then I don't know. It's like, regardless of the shooting, man, it's just Giannis, I think is also going to have to take another step. Yeah, I think they got better because for the last few years, they've been kind of wanting to get rid of it, but so he's been in trade rumors consistently, so when you get rid of the guy that you were trying to get rid of eventually and you get a better guy in Drew Holiday, I think you inevitably get better because they didn't, they gave up Bledsoe and George Hill. I mean, George Hill was huge for them in the playoffs off the bench, but I feel like when you get Drew Holiday, he gives you a different dynamic where he can actually come out, defend. He's a really good playmaker. You can give him the ball down the stretch sometimes. He's just he's one of those glue guys that just brings everybody together. Yeah, I mean, I mean they should – be praying that Giannis signs a Supermax this offseason because, I mean, those three picks and two pick swaps are going to look so very good to the Pelicans if Giannis yeah. doesn't sign. Like, if he if he doesn't sign, no, this Bucks team is not – without Giannis, this Bucks team is what? Maybe in seventh, eighth seed at the best? Like, like what Giannis is that team. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there is some merit to the idea that, like I, – I agree with y'all. I do think that they are better, but they're – there's some merit to the idea of like you can't just put together a team on the fly like that and expect it to click, especially in a shortened offseason, a shortened training camp, a shorter preseason. Like we're going to be into games that matter very, very soon, y'all. Like training camp is starting up. So having eight new guys on the roster instead of the, the eight guys that have been on the team for the last three seasons where you've built this camaraderie could be something. I, I mean, I don't know what the leadership look like in the locker room. Like, it worked for the Lakers because you got goddamn LeBron James, like the best leader of all time. But you, you have to question a little bit of that. And some of the people that were leaders in that locker room last season are gone. 
You know, like George Hill, from everything I've read, has was has been a vocal leader for that team since he's been with them. Uh, Sterling Brown might not have been a guy that was getting a lot of minutes, but he was loved in that locker room. So it's just like things are changing. And uh, if this is how you get Giannis to sign, then you do it 100% of the time. But if he doesn't sign, then you're in a scary place. You're in a very scary place. That's all. Um, the next thing that we have on the list as far as people getting extensions is Brandon Ingram. It happened right after our last episode. He got the pretty much the same deal, five years, $158 million, with the opportunity to get even more uh, with some incentives and things like that. Another player, young player that had an all-star caliber season and gets that max. We was questioning it last episode, and it happened just like that. Yeah, they, they was just taking too long, but I think we all knew what was coming and what happened. It's uh, the best player. It's what they should do. You know, max him out um, and, and continue to rock with him. I just hope they, that they continue to allow him to be their best player. I know the Zion hype is real and extreme, but I think at the end of the day, Brandon Ingram, as a, especially as of right now, is your best player. Um, I have some other concerns about the roster. And, and it doesn't seem like they have a clear direction. So I'm confused. Even they extended Steven Adams. So um, just, yeah, a lot of head scratchers. So I'm interested to see them hit the floor and play because I don't know exactly what they're doing or what they're trying to do. No, uh, I, I honestly think that that signing is one of the worst, like signing, whatever you want to do. Like that's probably one of the worst moves to me during this off season. Extending them? Uh, Are you saying extending Steven just, Adams? Just getting Steven just Adams. Kidding. When you have, <laughs> have sign Williamson and you need somebody to probably space the floor so he can kind of, kind of work. But I, I'm super happy for Brandon Ingram. Just like just watching him grow was amazing to me. You know, just a couple of years ago, a lot of those tough shots he was making, or the the ones he's making now, he was missing. People were saying they're like, is he the really that dude? Is he more of a point four and stuff like that? But I watched my man go up to like a twenty five point score, so I'm super happy for him. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, he's deserved it. The season he was an All Star for the first time, so you kind of got to pay him when you hit that milestone. When you one of the top guys in the league, you got to pay him. So my question to y'all, because I had a bunch of questions about this offseason, and one of y'all just mentioned it, um, most confusing move of the whole offseason off the top of your head. And the one that I had came up with was the Steven Adams trade and extension. The trade itself, I don't hate because it was part of that whole Drew Holiday deal. Um, mm -hmm. So they had to bring in some type of money, and Steven Adams is making a lot of money. Cool. It's the extension without seeing that man on the court that is crazy to me. This The extension without seeing how he would work with Zion is crazy. Like, they made... I understand the the Drew Holiday move because, again, we're still questioning whether Giannis is going to sign that max. So, yeah, you brought in two point guards. You already have a point guard that you see might be the future. But if those picks turn into something, then you do that trade. But, like, the Steven Adams thing, we have been talking about, like, bro, this, this could be one of those teams like Philly over the past couple seasons where, like, every NBA fan in the world knows the recipe to make things work, but the front office don't. How the hell do you sign a center that can't like can't shoot outside of three feet when you have Zion on your team? It just it just doesn't make sense to me. And then to extend him on top of that, mm -hmm. is is wild. It's wild. Yeah, I mean, like if anything, if you needed a, a dude that was gonna protect the, the rim or something, you could have got a cheap one off the bench and found a more suitable you know fit for Zion. Because I mean, that's my only thing that they think that uh, would work for them is he he could protect the rim. Yeah. You know, that I think they started Lesbo or Lonzo. They're, they're gonna start. They bro, might start. They better start. I think Lonzo, they might bro. start them both. Yeah, them both. But well, you don't they think they're start. gonna start uh, JJ, JJ Red? I would hope they start JJ for the spacing aspect, year. but they didn't start him last year. Yeah, I think they might start them both. And then yeah, but this is a new coach. This is Stan Van. This isn't Alvin Gentry. Lonzo right. off the bench. 
I hope he works with the younger players more than just like the freaking trying to get Eric Bledsoe some minutes. <laughs> like, come on now. Well, Sevan and them, they did say that they want to win basketball games. Um, so it's not, I mean, as much as we want to see, like, some of the development of the younger dudes, they did make trades for some older guys. Like, George Hill is going to get significant minutes. Eric Bledsoe's probably going to start. Um, Steven Adams, you just extended him. He's going to get those minutes instead of Jackson Hayes. So it's, they, had the, they had the most puzzling offseason, I would say. I, I would definitely say that. I understand the first trade for Drew Holiday. Those picks could be valuable. But, like, after that, you're like... Even the draft, like uh, uh, Kyra, Kira, Lewis, mm. solid. But, like, you already have three three good point guards in the roster. Where the hell is his minutes come from? It's it's very, very weird because, as P mentioned, the direction is just up in the air. Like, if I asked y'all right now, based on what you know about this team, how many wins would you think they get? Are they a playoff team right now? It's possible. I have to see them. I don't, I, I don't know. So you have to see them play. Nah, I mean you could say that about every team though. There, we're just yeah. we're just on our guesses. Just based no, on. I would say no, just because the spacing just seems terrible. If you asked me before free agency, I would have said, man, I think they next year after I see what they do with free agency, because in my mind they're going to make certain type of moves. So I would have been like, man, they after this free agency they gonna they gonna get right. They gonna be they gonna sneak in as AC. I would probably had the same type of energy that I had last year, but seeing the moves of drafting a Kyra Lewis in a place where you could have got somebody like a Neesmith or somebody that could give you shooting what you really needed. Um, and then free agency, you trade your holiday. I don't like to get back as far as players, but like you said, those picks, just give me any players then. I, I just want those picks clearly. But then you make it clear that you want Bledsoe and you want to keep him and he's a part of that team. Because everybody just knew, like, oh, they'll probably just get rid of Bledsoe at some point. No, he's a part of his team. George Hill is the one we're going to get rid of. He's going to OKC. Um, so... Wait, did that happen officially? Yeah, he's an OKC. Like, yeah, you play okay. 2K, George yeah. OKC. My fault, team. Um, so, confusing, man. Confusing. Um, I, I don't want to get disrespectful because I like Steven Adams, but there were just a lot of different directions I would have went. I, I damn near would have went Bobby Porter's before that because shooting is just something that they need. more. Like, Zion, I would, I would attempt to let Zion rim protect uh, before I went and got somebody that wasn't going to bring shooting in the front court. Like, I thought that was the whole reason Derek Favors was let go. If that was the case, just bring his ass back. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, at least you get, get like a 15, 18 foot jump. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, but hey, what if this shit work out? What if they become a better team by adding Steven Adams in the front court? It definitely is possible. And we've seen crazy things happen in the NBA for sure. I remember the first, I think this is like the first game OKC was playing in the bubble. I remember like they just ran a pin down screen for Steven Adams, the first play of the game. He just chucked up a three. <laughs> they got to get more of that going. They definitely going to be one of the best rebounding teams with Steven Adams and Zion out there. Yeah, they're going to be able to get the glass, man. They, they will be. But so I mean, They get extra possessions and I mean, they don't have nobody to kick it out to, but. I got a B out, boy. I was a ball shot the ball pretty well. I was about was it a, he was above average three point shooter last season. I know it, I know it's hard to say, but I mean it's a fact. He just he just was last year. Um, I think they'll figure it out. I think they're one they're one of the more confusing teams because, like y'all said, I can see it where they miss in playoffs completely. But I could definitely see a world where like Zion just come in sophomore season. He is the real deal, healthy type stuff. And Brandon Ingram takes another leap. And now we're looking at a team that, like, even with these veterans who were good in locker room, they they put it together and they're a playoff team. But then again, if you told me that they ended up winning 
30 games next year, I, I wouldn't say you're crazy either. It's just, it's just one of those teams where you just, it's going to be hard to predict because on paper, it doesn't make sense. But shit, sometimes those not those on paper bad teams end up being solid. It's just better coaching, you know, like it, all of those things come into play. All those things come into play. The most about it is that if you do win 30 games, what starts to happen is something called the panic. And now what that does is that takes those young players that we like so much with this core and it now makes them kind of for sale. Like if this doesn't work out, who like Lonzo Ball is going to be probably your most valuable guy that you're willing to part with to get you better. And you're probably going to have to lose. Like the Celtics. The Celtics dropped the ball on acquiring Miles Turner. So they got Tristan Thompson. Makes them somewhat better in the front court, but it doesn't make them to, to where they're trying to be. So they're probably at some point, if they're serious about winning the championship, are going to have to move somebody that, they're, that they like and that's valuable. And it's not going to be Tatum or Brown. Kimba's value, I don't know where it's at. Don't think it's that high. That only leaves Marcus Smart, who is the heart and soul, but is the only guy that has value that you would want to part with before you part with the other guys. Unless out of nowhere, Danny Ainge just is, is willing to part with Jalen Brown. Which... So let's, let's talk about them because it's official what the actual trade offer was. Now, we had kind of talked about it last episode. Uh, Gordon Hayward for Miles Turner in a first-round pick, and Danny Ainge was like, nope, I'd rather lose him for nothing. That's kind of stupid. He, he said he wanted a second starter and that the Indiana Pacers were willing to give another role player similar to Doug McDermott, but instead uh, Danny Ainge wanted a second starter. I think it goes back to like how you said a few weeks ago, how he just tries to finesse other just teams. Just to finesse, yeah. And I, I think he just should have taken that off. But this is a guy that y'all have been trying to get for years. Like, and a pick, bro, and a pick. And a first round bro. Yeah. There's only five freaking spots on the court at one time for your players to be. You want to know, you was going to have Kemba, Marcus Smart, the two wings that you got with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and then Miles. That would have been a perfect lineup. Mm -hmm. But you need another starter for what? You already had, they already have so many young guys off the bench, man. You're going to be decent in the regular season. Just let them gain, you know, get their feet wet and everything. But you you got your starting five. Like, they're going to be the ones that are playing in the playoffs games, like, down the stretch, so. Right. Now, there are some Celtic fans that see what we're saying, right? Mm -hmm. But then, of course, there's the fans that don't want to say that their team made any mistake. And the one thing a lot of Celtic fans are saying is size was never really a problem for us. It was always the depth, which I'm <laughs> glad we talked about earlier. Like, the depth doesn't fucking matter. If your starting lineup is Kimba, Marcus, the two wings, and Miles Turner, what fucking depth do you need? <laughs> it's not like... It, it, like when you're in the play or like just when you're playing, it's not like they're just going to sub out the whole starting five, like roll the bench in. They got to play Tim. Like you're perfectly fine with taking Jason Tatum out for five minutes. Let him get some rest. Let me throw whoever out there for and let, you know, it, it's just how you manage those rotations. You don't need to have be 10 deep to be good for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, just having play, play, players that can come in and compliment your starters are perfect. You know, because then they also let uh, Brad want to make a walk. Uh, Bragg plays for the Warriors now. Plays for the Warriors, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, he was a big piece off their bench. I think they'll be yeah. fine without Brad Wanamaker. You think so? I liked him off their bench, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I don't I don't think saying they'll be fine means that we hate them. I yeah, think, no. I think they got a lot of guys that they've been stockpiling on with all of those picks that deserve to kind of get these opportunities now. I think Brad Stevens is a good coach for that. Um, you know, Brad Wanamaker – what isn't nobody that she was craving over? 
Maybe like thirty. He was hey, he was doing some stuff though for them. He was definitely oh, making plays. Was he the best? Isn't he like the best free throw shooter of all time? Like, isn't that some that, that I remember? It was definitely some plays that. where he had made a move or some driving layup. I had a double take because I'm like, is that Kemba making that oh, play? For sure. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, he became that with the Celtics. Like yeah, before sure. the Celtics, nobody was caring about Brad Wanamaker. So I have faith in Brad Stevens to be able to go and do that with another player like a Romeo Langford. Um, Maybe Carson Edwards. Ninety-three percent from the free throw line last season, and that's what be killing me because they they be having all these first rounders, but like besides Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, like they really ain't done much. Like they they just end up just staying on the bench because when the playoffs come, you probably don't want them out there anyway. So it's like, bro, you you might as well just move them, man. What are you waiting for? You got to do something with these. And then they got our guy Aaron A. Smith. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they they needed some free minutes to let some other guys play because like you said, Mike, I don't even think it's the fact that the, the guys on the rosters that they draft don't do nothing. I just think that they don't get a chance. Like how many minutes did you really see any of those young guys play in a bubble? No, only one was Grant Williams getting like 10 minutes a yeah, game. But like Romeo Langford, not really. Uh, That's what I'm saying. These are first round picks that they've been spending yeah. on it, like stashing for the last couple of years that, you know, they're that. They're just doing kind of cooling on the bench. Yeah. Hey, Brad Wanamaker's like career awards are actually crazy, bro. Is he like a winner or some shit like that? G League champion in 2012, Turkey League champion in 2018, Turkey League finals MVP, um, President Cup winner, two-time All-Star in Turkey, All-Euro second team, um, two-time BBL champion, that's in Germany, finals MVP in Germany, MVP in Germany, best offensive player in Germany, which is interesting that they have an MVP and best offensive player that we need to take note of the German league. Um, two-time All-Star in Germany, two-time All-NBA, uh, BBL first team in Germany, All-Star game MVP in Germany, um, French Super Cup champion, and then he was an All-American back in 2011. Hey, uh, he might be looking at the Basketball Hall of Fame with all that shit. <laughs> Imagine if he that got resume for days. Winning player. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he's he he does that, I guess. Um, Brad Wanamaker. Man, to come over to the NBA until he was 29 years old. Very successful career, though, outside of that. Very successful career. One of those players that was on, like, you remember in 2K15, they had, like, the EuroLeague teams, and, like, it was a young Luka Doncic who was, like, 17 years old, 15 years old. Um, Brad Wanamaker was on the rosters. I just didn't know. I hate that they take them out. Yeah. Rudy Fernandez over there, the guy that the Knicks just got, his trade right, Sergio Lule, Sergio Lule who yeah. never came over. He's on those rosters. Um, that, that's a big deal for y'all. What if he decides to finally come over? That would be surprising. It would be very surprising, <laughs> but uh, you got a great playmaker for Obi and and, and Mitchell Robinson. Um, speaking of people going over, Derek, your boy Marco, said he's going to Italy, man. Yes, it's heartbreaking. You're the first person that came to my mind when I saw that D-Mail. But I was hoping he would sign like to a contender and actually go help them. Yeah. But then I got this, I got this thing that I put out like Tuesday. They're about to start training camp, and I'm like, that's why. Shit is so fast. Like he has, he got to go make sure he can eat this year. He can't sit around and 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 wait for, you know, the season to start. Cause like it, that's what it looks like. It looks like teams are going into starting the season. So like you might get a Michael Kidd, Gilchrist signing with the Knicks here, but other than that, free agency is kind of it's done. It's a wrap. Yeah, the rest of these signings you're probably gonna see is like training camp deals, and they gonna have to work their way to keep that roster spot. My man said I gotta go eat. What do y'all have a 
a Marco Bellinelli um, memory just off the top of your head? Like he was with the Bulls when he was there starting guard after somebody got hurt. He was hooping. I remember those days. Two okay. things. 76 is playoff shot. Yep, that's the first thing that come to mind for me. And then secondly, if you go on your phone right now and type in Marco Bellinelli, he's going to have some pictures from like a photo shoot with that boy like trying to get fly. I got a, <laughs> It's like some real colorful shit. It might have been like a Beats by Dre photo shoot or some shit. But like I'll never forget years ago, I like Googled him and those pictures came out. I was like, is this, a, is this the right guy? Is this a model or is this a hooper? I couldn't imagine him being sponsored by Beats. Hey, Marco Bellinelli also on top of that, he got that tattoo, which is fire, which is like the yeah, championship I was say, trophy. I was gonna say didn't he hit like a game winner in the playoffs? I guess a, like, a Philly, right? It wasn't a game winner. His toe was on the line, but they had shot the confetti. Yeah. The Fetty had confetti had came down. I don't remember if they end up winning that game though. Did they win that game? Oh, I got okay, now I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. Seventy sixer game. I wouldn't say they did because they lost the first game. Let me, let me, I'm going to double check it. 2018, um, game three against the Celtics to overtime before they lost by three. They lost by three against Philly. Oh, they threw the confetti and caught an L. That's rough, bro. That's rough. Yeah, that was, that was a good, that was a good series. Forget that game. That series, 2018 playoffs, Marco Bellinelli and them, because he was their star player back in 2018. That's um, the one that, that that's like four one, but if you add all the totals, it's close, right? It's way closer than that, yeah. Because I remember, um, man, JJ Reddick was talking about it on his podcast with somebody, and I forget who. Oh, Jason Tatum. Him and Jason Tatum were talking about this series, and uh, yeah, yeah, like the games were always close, except for like game game one here was a sixteen point blowout, but after that, everything was just like super super close. Mm-hmm. Five point game, three point game that went to OT. A two-point game to close out the series. Like, it was close, man. It was close. And if I'm not mistaken, who was their point? Was Kyrie injured? Kyrie didn't play this series. No, he didn't. Terry Rozier, top 10 point guard, was starting at point guard this season. (laughs) Aaron Baines at the five. Man, this team was fun. This team was fun. Marcus Smart still on the team. Marcus Smart shot one for 10 in the elimination game. (laughs) What was the rest of his stats, though? Um, five he... fouls. Oh. Three rebounds, a steal in the block. Oh. That's the when... Jason yeah. Tatum tried to duck on MB, and he told his edge, you got lucky. You got lucky. I remember I posted that on uh, Twitter, and that shit went viral. <laughs> you got lucky. That was a series, man. I hope we get more series like that, bro. We need. I feel like, man. especially out west, we going to get them this year. Hey, out east, we might too, bro. It's The east is deep this year. It ain't yeah. it ain't as great as the West, but like it's gonna be some competitive teams out there, bro. Are the Bulls one of them? I would guess we finish like tenth this season. I don't think we're in that that playoff run. Maybe 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 the play in game at the best, but we didn't we didn't. Uh, I don't think so. Hawks, is y'all saying the Hawks is a playoff? Team? I, I think the Hawks are a playoff team. Yeah, they're, I, if they're that deep. There's some issues really going mm-hmm. on. They I know. I was looking at the better than the magic. I remember you had asked us that question. You're like, how do you feel? He was like about sounding like a $20 million, you know, six man. I was like, mm, I mean, it, it's like something you got to see, like how it works out. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at their Reddit page and everybody was like, yeah, yeah. They were happy with all the signs they got there. Like we had the worst bench in the league. Now we they did. 
yeah. So I, I seen Atlanta. Atlanta fans are super happy with their bench moves. So. No, nah, they should be de- definitely happy about all the moves. I mean, they have been out of the playoffs for the last couple of years. We just said the worst bench in the league that, last year. Just, it was so that was so long ago. It was like a decade ago. That's probably buried. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't find them either. I was just like, I don't, I, could, I even typed in a Bellinelli photo shoot. Some GQ shit popped up when I typed it in. It was man. Um, yeah, Hawks fans should be. I think the Bulls end up like tenth, eleventh seed this season. I wouldn't complain about it. As long as we see growth as far as, like, players playing into their role and we see Billy Donovan, you know, be a better coach and we have some camaraderie because we've missed that for the past couple of seasons, I'm cool with us finishing outside the playoffs, especially because that 2021 draft class uh, is nice. Hey, so if Zach take a jump defensively and uh, playmaking-wise, I could see them fighting. We don't that. even need – we don't need Zach Levine to take a jump. We need everybody else to take a jump. We need Larry Markin to be better. We need Wendell to yeah, be healthy. Yeah. I need the whole roster to take a jump. The thing about the East, I feel like the teams at the bottom – are the ones that's going to be like making like the Bulls, they can jump. Charlotte could jump. Hawks could jump. It's just those teams that can hover around the AFC are the ones that's going to be. The Bucks are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. The Raptors you know, are a playoff team. Celtics. Celtics. Heat, Philly. Haitians is probably going to be there. Damn, slow down. I can only count. So what did we just name? That was a six. Oh, that's we didn't name already. That's in a Brooklyn. Brooklyn is going to be there. Heat. Sixers. Toronto. Boston. Boston. Pacers. I named Brooklyn Demons. So we got like seven, like what would be locked. It would have to take a significant injury for one of those teams to fall out. We haven't named the Hawks. And so you have new teams like the Hawks. You'd have a team like the Hornets who might be a little frisky. The Orlando Magic will be, you know, decent. And and then you're going to have like, like the the Bulls ceiling is the playoff playoff games. I mean, the play in games, I think. Um, Something crazy would have to happen. Like, Larry Market would have to turn into the most improved player for us to do anything significant this season. Which, True. I ain't counting out. Was that a bold prediction? Was that a hot take? No, it's not. Oh. I'm just saying. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. It wouldn't be my pick. We're going to do, like, preseason picks for all of our awards once we get a little bit closer to that time. Uh, the, the preseason schedule came out yesterday. A lot of the teams are playing two games versus the same team to keep, like, the spread of anything kind of low, which is very, very smart. What's that? Mike smiling. Hey, man, it's that, it's yeah, that they time. Tr- they're trying to get that money early, boy. They got them two Clippers games. They play them, <laughs> like, twice in, like, just a few days. But, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though, right next to each other, keep the spread down. Um, I don't know. I- I'm excited to see this, how, like, load management comes into the place this year with everything going on, especially mm-hmm. like with everything being shortened. Um, I don't know. I just don't want to see like these injuries happening uh, just because like people, players are going from zero to hundred so quickly. Right. Um, as we're recording this episode, the NBA, they're in meetings talking about like the coronavirus um, precautions and stuff, including the snitch hotline being back. So if you see somebody <laughs> on the other team going out to the club, you make, you call that number. Bro, don't kill me in the bubble, bro. Especially when it'd be like, it'd be like LeBron on the phone. It'd be, it'd be him calling Adam Silver like, yeah, I seen Danny Green sneaking out last night. That <laughs> shooting game, that shit used to kill me. I'm going to Harden, Harden be in these streets. I'm interested to see who doesn't make it. The playoff? We just named like seven teams that should be locks in the East. I think we could do the same for the West. Yep. Like when you look at it, somebody is going to disappoint. Like, we named seven teams right there, and the Hawks was not one of them. Mm-hmm. So they can over-exceed, and if they do, then that means one of the teams we name are now underachieving. Honestly, we, we also – the Wizards, if John Wall is healthy, yeah. too. I always got to think about the Wizards, too. 
So I honestly think that the team that falls out is the team that has a big injury. Like that's that's the only thing. If everybody's healthy, those seven teams we named are playoff teams, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's just about. I mean, but we know the NBA season never works like that. We're always going to get an injury, unfortunately. So and then we go out west, and you have the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Blazers, um, Mavericks, Nuggets. Mavericks. Uh, Mavericks don't have Porzingis for the first couple months of the season. That might play. That might play a factor into things. Just I wasn't saying. mad at it because we got their pick. <laughs> um, I was just. I want jazz. Say, I mean, I, I'm gonna still say Warriors, man. With Steph Curry, all right, Warriors. Warriors. You think so? I, I, hey, it's they might chance. be above. They're on the bubble, bro. It's they're on the chance. bubble. It's a chance. Yeah, they just got Kelly Oubre. I think they'll be decent. What's, what scares me is that they're they're like six deep. <laughs> after, after that, it's like who who are we playing? Well, they got Steph, Kelly, Wiggins, mm-hmm. Draymond, mm-hmm. Wiseman, Marquise, Chris. Damn, they are about sixty. <laughs> about sixty. Do y'all think they would have made that Kelly Oubre move if Clay Thompson was healthy? No. Do you think that would? But they they so, could even help. Honestly, you talk about them, they would have still been like six, seven. But they did have. They still did have a big ass trade exception of about eighteen million. So they were going to use it somehow. I don't know if Kelly Oubre was going to be the guy, but Kelly Oubre might be, might have been the only guy on the market because he was coming from OKC. So maybe yeah, you they might have still made that move and have Kelly Oubre be a six man oh, or something. We're forgetting, we're forgetting a bunch of people. Okay, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, mm-hmm. Wiseman, Marquise, Chris, Eric Pascal. Oh, facts, fuck. Um, Jordan Poole. I want to look at the rest of their roster. I feel like I'm forgetting. <laughs> he added Eric Pascal, but Eric Pascal had a no, good yeah. rookie yeah. season. He is. He is. I'm Jordan Poole. Cool. I, I just like I got a bad taste in my, my mouth with the Warriors too, because uh. you know that's what I, I've been playing with. My, I, I play with them on my my career, and like I said, when you first start off, Steph and Clay is not in the game, so you playing with literally like the bench warmers, and it's For still, real? yeah. What are they injured? Oh, uh, no, no it's because you don't you're not start. a starter. You're right, right, you don't right. start, so you play with the bench. So yeah, I don't like I forgot about that. That's how I always know, like, the Warriors, man, <laughs> after that first, like, couple starters, it's like, damn. Yeah. Um, Clay Thompson did have a successful um, surgery, um, which is great. Expect him to make a – oh, they brought in Ken Bazemore and Brad nice Wanamaker. Right. Okay. Derek's guy, Brad Wanamaker. Kevon Looney is still there. He's a rotational player. Is Kevon Looney playing basketball ever again, though? What happened? Didn't he like injure his shoulder? His he, shoulders he, were messed up, and then he couldn't jump anymore. <laughs> like, that, like that's a big part of basketball, right? Exactly. Um, he's only twenty four, bro. That man was playing with a torn, messed up shoulder in the playoffs. He was like, "I, I want to win this championship. I respect that." He didn't do anything though. Nah, but run around. He had some. I, he had I, decent I, moments I, I, though. Right here from SB Nation. September 2020, uh, Warriors Kevon Looney is finally healthy is the title. Okay, all right. There you go. There we go. Okay. So maybe, yeah, they're deeper than I was giving them credit for. They could. They definitely got at least a little eight-and-a-half, nine-man rotation. But they can't the afford to lose Steph to any capacity. Yeah. No. He's going to have to play 40 minutes a game if they want to make the playoff. <laughs> or Wiggins. It's finally that time, baby. It's that time. Make that leap. Um. Let me see. What what else is in my notes? Um, we already talked about everything. That's that's all. That's all she wrote, folks. Unless y'all got some other topics y'all want to bring up. I don't know when we ever gonna play that game, my head. Bro, I was. Hey, I really do. I literally have to recreate the game, like the game I had, bro. 
it all had to deal with free agency and like where players were going. So it's going to be like riddles about that, but everybody signed now. So it's like, damn. So I got, I, I could be, I could recreate the game. I just got to change up the, you know, the stuff. Okay. All right. Well, think about that for the next time. We appreciate y'all watching or listening to this episode through the wire, rate five stars, leave a like on the video, and we'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode. Peace.